Welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast, where you'll find fresh messages uploaded weekly. Pathway Church is a Bible-based church located in Peterborough, Ontario, and we're on a mission to reach people far from God and see them become devoted followers of Jesus. We hope that what you hear today will help you to take one step closer to Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, and if you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, good morning. My name is Todd. If you don't know me, I'm the Connections Pastor at Pathway Church. Uh, Pastor Nathan and Jessica are away on holidays this weekend, but he will be back with a brand new series uh, starting next week. So this morning, I get the opportunity to speak, and and this morning I want to talk about something that I've actually been thinking a lot about lately. I've been reading books on, I've been trying to just search out in Scripture, I've been having discussions uh, with friends and people in this church and family members, and that thing is courage. I wanted to talk about courage this morning. It's one of those words, when we hear the word courage, there's something we think about, right? We probably think about it in a certain way, but my experience has been that my view on courage has evolved. When I was probably eight or nine, my view of courage was Batman, right? It was like Batman or Superman or those guys, that was courage. That was courage to me at that stage in my life. But as I got a bit older and I became a teenager, courage changed. Courage changed to doing something risky, or from the viewpoint of maybe parents, doing something stupid, right? So I too got to uh, do some of those things, and I remember when we were 19, there was uh, four of us, we decided to go to Algonquin Park for the day. Actually, one of these uh, gentlemen actually still attends this church right now, Uh, but we went up to Algonquin Park, so we're 19, so courage, again, looks very different. Maybe our definition of courage is not what yours is right now. And we wanted to do something risky and dangerous. So we're like, let's do some trails. We look at all the names of the trails. And we see one with a huge cliff. So that's in for sure. So we're doing lookout trail. And then we see one called Whiskey Rapids. And we're like, rapids, courage. Yes, this all makes sense. So we started down this trip. And we went to the Whiskey Rapids first. And we took probably not more than 10 to 12 steps. And we're like... This isn't courageous at all. So somebody, it wasn't me, uh, but I totally went along with it. Somebody thought that, you know, they've seen people go down rapids and kayaks and stuff. Well, we didn't have kayaks, but we figured if we just took all our clothes off except our boxers, we could probably just go down there, no problem, right? Yeah, yeah this, this was our version of 19-year-old courage. And I remember doing that, and it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but we were very sore after. We were incredibly sore. Bruises right from the bottom to the top. Cuts on the arms. I remember one of my toes. I thought it was broken. But there was another part to this story. Is One of the gentlemen, in fact, the one that still attends this church right now, he is um, he's a skinny man. And when you're in rapids and you're wearing boxer shorts, that's right, they wash down the river. <laughs> They washed down the river, and it led to a very courageous walk back to the clothes where we left them. And I'm telling you no word of a lie, that family we met in between here and there, I bet you they've never forgot about that. That was our version of courage at that time. And you know, I don't have time to tell the full story, but essentially, the other part of our day going to the lookout trail, we got to the edge of the cliff and thought, you know what we need to do? We need to scale down this thing. Uh, So we did. We survived. Some of us barely. Took us a while to find our way back up. But when I was 19-year-old, that was courage. 
Now that I'm a little bit older, I still see courage when I watch some movies. It doesn't matter if you're watching Braveheart or The Incredibles 2. There is courage in there, and I can see that. And in books that we read, we'll see courage. But here is the tension. Because no matter what we think of courage, and now when I see courage, I see something that will propel us forward. If we have courage, it will actually help us to gain something that we didn't have. It'll help us to go further, to do better. So there's a lot of good things when we think about courage. But here's my tension. In my life, courage can be uncomfortable. It can be scary. It can be uncertain. Right? You see courage in other people. You're like, that is amazing. That is so cool. But then I look at courage in me. And sometimes there's a bit of a letdown when I see my lack of courage in different areas of my life. So one of the areas that I wanted to talk about was the fear of other people. And really, it's not being scared of people per se, but the fear of people's opinions of you or I. When we know that we need to do the right thing and we know what the right thing is, but we don't do it. We know what we should say, but we just stay quiet. Maybe we'll talk to someone else about it later, but we actually stay quiet about that topic. I see that lack of courage in my life, and that's hard to take, right? Because when you hear the word courage, you want to be that. But it's hard to take when we see those gaps. What about the fear of failure? The fear of failure. I don't know if any of you struggle with this. But I want to be courageous, but sometimes I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid that I'm not going to measure up, that I'm not going to be enough. And this is when I was young. I remember going to Maple Creek Ranch. And my parents tricked me. They told me it was a sports and horse camp because they knew I liked sports. Their sports consisted of a basketball net in the middle of a field. It was really a horse camp, and I was terrified of horses. And you know, that whole week, I sat out every single session. I didn't get to enjoy that camp, and I didn't enjoy it, but it was because of my fear of failure, my fear to try something new. Just a few years ago, um, Carolyn and I were talking about building a rink at our house, and we were discussing the idea, and we both agreed it was a good idea. But then me thinking about building it, and what if it doesn't work out? And I remember thinking, you know what? Our ground's not quite level enough. We don't really have the boards, and do we have enough water to do that? And and what if this happens, or what if that happens? So so she did what every good wife would do, and she waited until I went to work, and she built it herself. And (laughs) you know what? It started as a pretty small kind of, just a small insignificant rink, but I think I have a picture of what it looks like now. Um, Yeah, so we have a pretty awesome rink now, and we get to have lots of awesome family time. Our kids get to spend lots of time out there, but it never would have happened if it was just up to me, because for some reason, there was something in me that was just like, I don't want this thing to fail, so I didn't even want to try. It's good that God puts other people in our lives, isn't it? The last area I wanted to talk about was the fear of the future in general, the fear of uncertainty, and I think we can all identify with this, that sometimes... um, In our lives, a circumstance or situation will come up, and that uncertainty is so difficult for us to navigate, isn't it? And before I I go to Scripture, and we're going to be reading a lot in the book of Acts this morning, but before I go, I want to make one thing clear. I don't believe you have to be a Christian to have courage, because that just doesn't make sense. I don't believe that we need that, but I think if we were going to have everyday courage, courage day in and day out, not just those moments that we might see in a movie, even if it's a true story, that's one moment. 
But how do we have everyday courage with some of these tensions that I mentioned? Now, to look in Scripture on this, it was, it, was pretty, the dip, it was pretty easy to find examples of courage in Scripture. It was difficult to pick the direction I wanted to go this morning. It was so easy to go with Abraham or Moses or Esther, Daniel, Jeremiah. You could go with Peter or Paul. You could go with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We could go with that. There's lots of examples of courage in Scripture. But the one I wanted to use this morning is a man named Stephen. Now to give you, I'm going to be reading a few verses this morning. So to give you a bit of background about who Stephen was. So after Jesus rose from the dead, there was his original 12 disciples. But then there was a lot of other disciples as well. And before he left, he promised them the Holy Spirit. And, and they went to this upper room and they were filled with the Spirit. And, and you may not be from church or you may not be from a denomination that really talks about the Holy Spirit. And it might be hard to understand, but it says that when they're in this room, they were filled with the Spirit. And I believe Stephen was there. And, and when we get introduced to him, that is how we are introduced to him, as someone who is full of the Holy Spirit. And so what was happening at that time, the church was growing. And it was growing really fast to the point where the 12 original disciples, they could not keep up with everything. They could not keep up with the administration and the preaching and all the things that needed to be done. So they chose seven more men to fill that role. And Stephen was one of them. And he is described in uh, chapter 6 of Acts, verse 8. says, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. And of course, what happens... After that, some people, some of the religious folks, the religious circles that kind of predated Jesus, they saw that and they got angry and they got frustrated and they, they tried to argue with him. But it says in verse 10, but they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So they did what they thought they needed to do. They conspired against him. They told lies. They said that he was blaspheming against God and against Moses, which he was not. And at this point, they bring him to this council, and Stephen has a decision to make. So what he could have done, even if he still believed in Jesus, just believing in Jesus, I'm just going to be a Christian, but I just won't talk about it anymore. He had that option. He could have just fallen in line with these other people, but he chose something very different. And I'm certainly not going to read all of it, but starting in chapter 7, Stephen lays out this speech. He goes through the history of the people of Israel, and he goes through all the times that despite all the amazing things that God did for them and in them, how they turned away from God. And I just try and imagine, I am not a defense lawyer, and I am, do have no expertise in those ways, but I would think if you were talking to jurors, maybe this would not be the language you'd use. And this is in Acts 7, verse 51. It says, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. All right, so we're insulting their family. This is good. So which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, that is Jesus, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the laws delivered by angels and did not keep it. This to me, I'm thinking what I would do. And so often, maybe because of the Fear of failure, or maybe fear of the future, or definitely the fear of people. Maybe in that moment, do I say something? Or do I sit there and stay, say absolutely nothing? Let's see what happens. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, 
and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears and rushed at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul, which we will talk about in a couple minutes. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Wow. Just think about that. It's, it's easy. If you've heard this story a lot of times, it's easy just to skim over the story. Yeah, I've heard that before. But imagine there was a man right here in the middle of us, and there was people around him getting ready to stone him. And this language, the, the fact that he can actually say, God, please forgive them. I can think of one other person that did that in Scripture. His name was Jesus. This was a tremendous amount of courage. And, and as I looked at that, I could think of three different ways that we can live a life of courage. Maybe three questions that we could ask ourselves. So I wanted to ask the first question would be, what do you and I believe? What do we really believe? See, when those tensions come in and we want to be courageous and all those things, but we fear people, we fear failure, we fear the future, and maybe there's other things that we fear, what is it that we truly believe? Well, a common definition of courage might be just to do things that are scary or maybe Like when I was 19, do something stupid. That's not actually an accurate definition of the word. I'm going to read a quote that uh, Pastor Kirk read last week that was so fantastic by Henry Nguyen, I believe he pronounced his name. And it was, have courage, we often say to one another. Courage is a spiritual virtue. The word courage comes from the Latin word core, which means heart. A courageous act is an act coming from the heart. A courageous word is a word arising from the heart. The heart, however, is not just a place where the emotions are located. The heart is the center of our being, the center of our thoughts, the center of our feelings, our passions, and our decisions. See, he talks about courage being something different. It's what we actually truly believe in our heart. That is what courage is. And I can look at this in a couple ways. I think just by ourselves, we need to have self-confidence. We need to know who we are. I think that's so important. I don't know anyone that has zero confidence that is able to make a courageous stand, be able to go against the flow. It just doesn't happen. But as Christians, we can know that we are created by a God that loved us so much. He sent his son to die for us. We can know that we are worth it. We can know that we are worth it. And so much of what we believe in our heart might be shaped by our faith. We can know that right beside us is the creator of the universe, the one who is always there, who is always faithful. He is all-powerful, he is ever-present, and he is with us. And that promise that Jesus made to those early people in the book of Acts, that a Holy Spirit would come and they could be filled with the Spirit, we can know that that can be on the inside of us as much as maybe it's difficult to understand that. But when that is where our courage comes from. Can you see how that would be so much different? See how that would trump maybe some of our fears. I don't have time to read through all of it. Maybe it's homework if you wanted to read through it this week, and it would be to read through Romans 8. Because in Romans 8, actually some of the songs that we sang about no longer be slaves to fear. In Romans 8, 15, it talks about the Spirit. When we receive the Spirit, we don't have to be slaves anymore. We don't have to fear 
And why is that? It's because we have been adopted to sonship. We have entered into the family of God. And it's really interesting if you go later in that chapter. So Paul is writing this to the Romans. And he's establishing the fact that God is your father. You are part of his family. And later on when we go to verse 31, it's like we start to hear things like, if God is for me, who can be against me? A few verses later, it's like, what can separate us from the love of God? One of the songs there, the reckless love of God, nothing can separate us from the love of God. A few verses later, it's like, we are more than conquerors. Where does that all come from? That all comes from identity. It all comes from our heart being changed and knowing who we are in Christ. So that's number one. We need to know what do we truly believe. The second uh, thing that we should ask ourselves is what are we focusing on? What are we focusing on? For those of you who didn't see Pastor Kirk speak last week, I would highly recommend watching that. You can watch on our website or download the podcast of it. But one of the things that stood out is they have had so many health challenges. So many health challenges and challenges is not nearly a strong enough word. But their approach has been to focus on Jesus. That has been their approach. And that is so inspiring for me to see And I loved how he started. He's like, 50% of my heart is working, but I'm giving you 100%. I think that is so fantastic. But talking about focusing on Jesus, because so often in my life when I want to show courage, you know what I focus on? I focus on the negative things. I focus on the problem. I focus on my own selfish desires, on the things that I want. But if we really want to have courage, we need to focus on Jesus. As we read in that scripture, so let me just read it again. Verse 54, now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth in him, but he full of the Holy Spirit, where did he look? He gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Where our eyes are is so important. Where we are focusing our attention is so important. Which brings me to the last question. And that last question is, will I let fear stop me? Will I let fear stop me? Stephen didn't. I have no doubt that there must have been something in him that was kind of scared when people started picking up rocks. When they throw him out of the city, yeah, we, we, we see all the, these words here, but there had to be some fear there. We saw Peter earlier in the New Testament and Jesus himself in the garden, that there was concern, but they say, not your will, or not my will, but yours, be done. There's a really fantastic quote in the book uh, called Next Generation Leader by Andy Stanley on courage and fear. It says, courage is the willingness to move in a direction in spite of the emotions and thoughts that bid you to do otherwise. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage assumes fear. If we had all waited for our fear to subside before we took the first plunge off the high dive, we would all be still there waiting. But we just jumped anyway. Courage is the willingness to strap on your fear and move ahead. I think that is so good. That is so powerful when we think about the correlation of fear and courage. I remember probably around the same time that we did our fantastic Algonquin trip, I went to Darien Lake as a youth leader. And I went there and I had this, I'm I'm cool with roller coasters and all the rides and those things. Those are fun. But the one thing I was like, I will never do is all the different like bungee jumping things and the big bungee swing thing they have at Darien Lake. I don't know if they still have it, but... But I remember going there, and there's no way I would ever do that. Like, I'd find a convenient excuse, like I don't have the money, or I have to help over here. But there's no way I was going to do that. 
Until one day, I had two other leaders ask me, like, hey, you want to do it? And I don't know what, what I was thinking. Maybe I wasn't thinking, but I said yes. And that was all good. I was like, all right, we're going to do this. This is going to be fun. And I remember going up there, and they start explaining the safety stuff. And then we start putting the harness stuff on, and I'm starting to get, you know, the butterflies in there. I'm like, oh, man, what did I just do? And then I remember walking to the place where they actually hook you up to that thing. And I'm like, I really don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) This was a really bad idea. But here's what I remember. Well, first of all, they offered to let me go on the outside so I could pull the cord. I was like, no, thank you. Let me be in the middle. I want to hold on to multiple people. And I'm, I'm never letting go, by the way. And I remember standing there and they hooked us up. And I remember it started pulling us up. And I was like, oh, man. And I didn't realize all the details at the time, but it pulled way up, way up. And then it stopped for a second. I was like, what's going on? All right, we must be at the top. Okay, this isn't that bad. I can do this. I forgot that they actually pull you about a third of the way and then really quickly take you the other two thirds. Wow. (laughs) Talk about strapping on your fear and just going with it. I remember it pulling me right to the top and and they're, they're laughing. They're like, whoa, this is awesome. And I'm like holding on so tight, like we're, we're, our arms are linked. And they're like, okay, they told us we have to link arms for the first few, but we're not going and we're just going to let, I'm like, no, I'm not letting go of either of you. <laughs> and I remember that moment they pulled that cord and then I didn't breathe. It felt like for 10 minutes, but it was probably more like four or five seconds. But I didn't breathe as we drop and we swing by. And I'm just, all that's going through my head is I hope I do not urinate on all the people underneath me. I'm so terrified. And I go and I swing on by and I was still so scared. And then it started swinging back and it started being a little less scary. And then by the third time, you know what? I was actually having fun. I actually got to the point that I wanted to do that again. And I think so often in our life, we will see an opportunity to be courageous. And if we just strap on that fear, if we just strap on that fear, we can do so much more than maybe we thought we could do. So I just want to take a moment and talk about what this looks like in our life practically. I want to go back over those tensions that we talked about. So what, one of the first tensions was uh, worried about what people are saying about your thinking about you. I think it's so important It is very courageous. You maybe won't see it as much in a movie or or a book. But it is so courageous to do the right thing. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager in high school. Or it doesn't matter if you're an adult in your work or with friends. It doesn't matter any of those things. But it's so important that we do the right thing and it takes courage. Do you know what else is really important? Have an opinion. We don't have to be arrogant about it, but there's probably so many lost ideas for those people that didn't want to say anything because they're afraid of what people would say. And I know that has been the case in my life at different times. What about this one? This is something that I I feel like I've been learning a lot more about in the last couple of years. What about the courage that it takes to be in relationship with people? It might be your spouse, it might be a friend, people at church, people at work. It takes courage to have honest conversations sometimes, doesn't it? It takes a lot of courage, but it is absolutely worth it. It might mean you have to admit fault. It might mean you have to approach somebody on something that they've hurt you and it's really tough to talk about. But the only way to healing is to have courage in that relationship. It's so important that our fear of other people, that we would have courage in that area by knowing who we really are on the inside, knowing who is with us, by focusing on Jesus, and by sometimes strapping on the fear and just going and having that conversation. 
What about the fear of failure? I actually had a bit of a victory in this the other week. I told a few people this story, but this is a small victory, but for me it was whatever, it was important. Our dishwasher broke. Our dishwasher broke because of a stupid mouse chewed the wires. And that was really frustrating that this mouse chewed the wires. So I'm like, with stuff like that, I'm like, I want to do it, but there's always the thought, I'm like, if I start this and can't do it, I just look like a big loser. And I'm like, I'm not amazing at a lot of those repair type scenarios. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I started taking screws out and taking pieces off. I only had two screws left when I was done, by the way. So that was pretty good, I thought. (laughs) But I took that thing down and I couldn't get it all the wires. So I flip it on its side and I start taking more screws out and taking pieces and I see the mouse poop everywhere. And I was like, oh, this is, this is brutal. So I get the vacuum and I'm vacuuming it out. And all of a sudden, Mr. Mouse pops his head out like right, like just inches from my face. Not a courageous scream that was heard in my house that day. (laughs) But you know what? Kept going. Took that wire out, got the part number, figured it out. I was able to fix the dishwasher. It worked. I was able to catch that mouse, that stinking mouse. And he is now contributing to our family in a different way by developing bacteria in our septic system. But he is, uh, he is gone. But I was able to see that through so many times in my life. Honestly, this may sound silly, but I would start that job and I'd get so far to where it got uncomfortable. I'm like, I really don't know the next step. And I would stop. So there is a way that we can move past the fear of failure. And I would encourage each and every person here, whether you are in high school, whether you're in grade school, whether you're in a career or maybe part of an organization, I would encourage you to dream big. Dream big. Don't just go for the short thing that you know you can do pretty easily. Why don't we go past that? What difference would we make in our world, in our, in our church, as we did that? It is an absolute lie that you are not enough. Absolute lie. God created you. He created me. He put so many gifts inside of us. Let's use them. Let's not waste those gifts. And I would say, in, in regards to ministry, and Pastor Nathan has said this multiple times, but it's not just like him that is in ministry for Peterborough. It is us. It is us that are in ministry at Pathway Church. And I want to encourage you in that to have courage. I know for me, I've talked to a couple of my uh, volunteer leaders that are on teams right now and some life group leaders that literally was very similar conversations that I had with them when I, I was making the ask. And a lot of times what it is like, I don't think I have enough. I don't think I know scripture enough. I don't know if I can lead a conversation. I don't know if I can lead a team. I'm an introvert, listing all the reasons that we can't do it. But I believe God wants us to have courage and step out. And some of those people, I I have a few people in mind right now, life groups that happened this year, they were hesitant to do it because they didn't know if they had what it took. And the result of their obedience and their faithfulness and their courage was that probably between those groups, there was probably 50 or 60 people were able to be in Christ-centered community this year because they stepped out in courage. And I would encourage all of us to do that in our ministry. The last one is the fear of future, the, the fear to face current circumstances. You know, there's that saying, life gives you lemons, just make lemonade. Well, making lemonade with just lemons doesn't really work. You need some other stuff in there. And sometimes it's really hard, Right? Maybe you lose a job. Maybe one of your children is going a direction. You're just like, I don't know what to do. Maybe your marriage is on the rocks or it's been broken up. Or maybe there's been a financial disaster in your life. It takes courage to say, you know what? This is where it is. 
But I know who I am. I'm going to stay focused on Jesus. And I'm going to strap on this fear and we are going to move forward. It might not be a run at first. It might just be steps like Laura's welcome. That was fantastic. It might just be that step. It might just be that little step. But keep moving forward. I encourage each and every person to keep moving forward. I would say in this church, I don't want to see anybody in our church settle for average. Because we were created for so much more than that. But it takes courage. The final benefit I wanted to talk about with courage, because it, it fascinates me. I, I love just thinking about courage in other people. It is attractive, it's inspiring, but it is absolutely contagious. Absolutely contagious. You know, if we look, I, I won't go through all the verses here, but if we look the very next verse after Stephen passed away, the very next verse, it says Saul was okay with this execution. And then it talks about how he went house to house dragging people out of their homes that were Christians. That was Saul. He had just watched what Stephen did, and he still did that after. But for those of you who know the story, and maybe some of you don't, he had an encounter with Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. What was on the inside? His heart changed. Something changed on the inside of him. And he started preaching the gospel, and he got persecuted, and he had some really dangerous situations. And then in Acts 22, he actually got arrested. And he does what Stephen does. He has the courage to tell his story about when he met with Jesus. But the thing that I found so interesting is found near the end of chapter 22. We'll start in verse 17. It says, When I had returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance. And I saw him, referring to Jesus, saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far from the Gentiles. This is the other part about courage. Not for one second do I not believe that what Saul, whose name later changed to Paul, what he witnessed, how he witnessed Stephen and his courageous act, his courageous words, when he died. So you might think, why did you pick Stephen? There's so many other people that maybe ended on more of a high note, but I think Stephen actually did end on a high note because Stephen actually inspired Paul. It says right here, this is a long time after that original when he was watching Stephen. This is quite a long time after, and he is still talking about Stephen the witness. Stephen spoke to him. And I didn't even realize this or think about it before I was preparing for this week. But the word encourage literally means to give someone else courage. And that's what Stephen did. And while Stephen may not have been the one that traveled all around, and he may not be the one that wrote a big part of the New Testament, and he might not be the one that is the reason that all of us know Jesus like we do or have the opportunity to do so anyways. It wasn't Stephen, but he inspired, he encouraged Paul to do that. Do you know once you show courage, the person behind you, it's a lot easier for them to show courage. What would happen if every person in this place, every person listening to my voice, if me in my own life decided to start living a life of courage based on what is in my heart, what I believe, as I focus on Jesus and strapping on that fear and just taking a step? I would say, parents, when you do the right thing, you do not have to save a kitten out of a burning building, although that's great if you want to do that. But you don't have to do that. It's making the right decision when it's really hard. Your kids are watching. You're encouraging or discouraging them in those moments. 
us as a church body, we're doing the very same thing for each other. We are giving each other the gift of courage. So like I said, my view on courage has evolved over time. Maybe it started out as Superman and Batman. Maybe it was watching movies. Maybe it was doing crazy stuff at one point. But now, I look at everyday courage as something that I want to attain. Not just in the big moments, not the one moment, the everyday courage. That's what I saw at Stephen and so many examples in Scripture had. Because now the people I look to for courage in my life, it's some of you, it's my parents. Again, last week I was so inspired when Pastor Kirk spoke. Like that's someone that I look at the courage of that family and I'm like, that inspires me. I look at Billy Graham and what he did in his life that's been celebrated very recently. I look at that and I take courage in those things. But my part is to do it myself and encourage the people around me. Can I pray? Thanks for listening to the Pathway Church Podcast. If you'd like to reach out to us, go to our website, pathwaylife.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. See you next week.